Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today I have an episode for you that is not an interview, but an experience of mine. This is one of my crazy experiments where I take all the risk and you get to see uh, the results. So I tried this gut protocol from Ken Lassison between January and early April. And I held off on sharing it just to see if some of the positive results I got would stick around or not. And I'm happy to report that they are actually sticking around, but we'll get into that. Uh, Before we do, one quick announcement. As far as I know, uh, Brian is adios. Last time I heard from him was the end of May when I actually wanted to record this very episode. Uh, He didn't show up and I haven't heard from him since. So I'm going to be taking him off the intro and I'm just going to assume he's not coming back. Uh, If he does show up at some point and asks to do a podcast, you know, I'm I'm totally open to that. But I'm going to assume he is gone. And given that, I want to put an offer out there. Uh, If you are health-minded and have some knowledge or experience at a health food store or even in healthcare, um, and you're interested in being a co-host of a podcast or maybe exploring some some fringe health ideas, send me an email at quackspotmail.com. Uh, I'm still going strong on this podcast solo for sure. And I'm, I'm enjoying these, you know, interviews that we're doing. But, you know, I'm always open to bringing on someone new if it's a good fit. So before we get into the gut protocol, uh, I want to remind you about the Ken Lassison episode, which was episode 49. Ken talked about getting your microbiome tested and using his artificial intelligence site to get recommendations for your gut. So your microbiome, it's the colony of bacteria that are living in your small and large intestines. Uh, It's constantly shifting, you know, this ecosystem is always differing and it provides you with different vitamins and metabolic compounds uh, and it helps you digest foods. And so what Ken was saying was that shifting that colony, shifting the microbiome through the use of herbs or foods or different antibiotics would change you know, your energy levels, your mood, uh, the symptoms of disease, maybe everything about you, you know, is connected with this microbiome. So that that was a really cool episode if you want to go listen to it. And I thought it was really cool to do this whole microbiome testing thing. So I decided during this protocol that I would test my microbiome to see how the bacteria in my gut would shift. Uh, I've done that four times now. I've done four different microbiome tests and I've uploaded the results to Ken's site. And let me tell you, his site is very cool. Uh, So to give you an example, once uh, you load your bacteria report into the site, it shows you like all the different bacteria in your gut uh, and where your levels are compared to the population. So you can see, you know, oh, this bacteria is really high compared to other people. And this bacteria is really low compared to other people. Uh, now, now, you know, what can you do with that? Why, why does that matter uh, if you have higher or lower bacteria levels than other people? Well, each bacteria is different in what it can digest and what compounds it puts out. So from that data, you can then see, you know, predicted symptoms you may be having like anxiety and, and asthma and that kind of thing. And so this is where the site really shines. It, it basically uses a huge database of studies 
on bacteria and what symptoms they cause. So you get a list of symptoms uh, with probabilities saying, you know, you have a bunch of bacteria that are associated with high blood pressure um, and you have a bunch of bacteria that are associated with I don't know, low blood pressure or what whatnot. You know, you, you get these different things. So, and then it tells you the probability that you might have, you know, you have a high likelihood of having high blood pressure or whatnot or heart disease or, or all kinds of different things. For me, reading this list, list of symptoms, it was like, it was like reading my medical history. I mean, it talked about allergies, asthma, autoimmune disease, uh, even like my my propensity to wake up at, at 3 a.m. was in there, like, you know, tends to wake up too early. I mean, oh, yeah, that's me. It was just, it was a really long list of things that at one point or another I have experienced. I will say, though, the one thing that was off is the first couple tests I did predicted I was a 60 to 70-year-old woman. I, I guess I had some bacteria that are normally found in old women. I don't know. It's very strange. The last couple tests I did, it dropped that prediction. So whatever I was doing, it just it got the old woman out of me. Now, once you have the predicted symptoms, uh, you can kind of click one and you can select the bacteria that are causing those symptoms and you can get recommendations that will hopefully alleviate those symptoms. And let me tell you, it, it actually works. I mean, it, it works great. I'm, I'm going to share the, the full gut protocol with you, you know, in a minute. Um, but just to give you an example of this system actually working, one of the herbs in that protocol, it gave me a ton of anxiety. Like I was, I was having trouble sleeping. I couldn't concentrate. So I stopped taking the herb thinking, yeah, then I'll be, feel better. But the anxiety didn't go away. It was actually getting worse uh, and I was like, I was starting to freak out a little bit. I was like, well, I'm not taking the herb anymore, but this is getting worse. This is really freaky. Fortunately, I had done a microbiome test and the results had just come in. So I went on there and one of my probable symptoms was anxiety. So I clicked it. I selected all the bacteria that it said, you know, either high or low for this symptom. Um, it spat out some recommendations and the recommendations were very strange uh, it was a really weird list. It was about a list of 15 different items. And on the top of that list was cranberry and slippery elm. Now, these herbs are not really for anxiety. I mean, slippery elm is for gut health. Uh, cranberry is used for UTIs and bladder issues. So, I mean, these, these are off the map. Herbs for anxiety are like lemon balm and valerian and skullcap. Um, so, I was, I was really scratching my head at these recommendations. But I wanted to try the system out. You know, I wanted to see how it worked. And, and I had these herbs laying around. So I took them one evening. And I was delightfully surprised that I fell asleep and I slept through the night. And the next day, the anxiety was 80% gone. So, I mean, it just totally blew my mind that this actually worked. I would never in a million years think to take those two herbs for anxiety and for insomnia. But it works. So I'm, I'm a total believer now. Anyway, let's get on to the gut protocol. Most herbs, when you take them, you want to take them for months to really get their true effect. Uh, a great example I was just reading about is bacopa, which is an herb for the mind. So there was, you know, this double-blind study on bacopa. is really positive, but in the first month, bacopa didn't do anything for people. There was no change. All the change came in the second and third month with improved memory and all that stuff. So that's how you want to take herbs usually. Boswellia, turmeric, you know, you're trying to lower inflammation. You want to take them for an extended period of time. 
Now this gut, gut protocol, it totally turns that concept on its head. Instead of taking herbs for months, you take an herb, probiotic, supplement, whatever, for a week, and then you cycle onto the next, which you also then take for a week, and so on and so forth. So you can think of this almost like muscle confusion. Uh, by shifting constantly in the type of workouts you do, uh, you never give the muscles really the chance to plateau out. Now, similarly, by shifting the supplement each week, the unhealthy bacteria, they don't get a chance to gain resistance. So each week you're shifting towards a healthier gut, at least that's the theory. Now, my goal for this protocol was to increase my ability to exercise and retain muscle, uh, also to lower the amount of insulin I need and be able to eat more carbs without needing more insulin. So, so basically, an increase in metabolism was my goal. And I'm in a unique position here as a type 1 diabetic in that you know, my pancreas produces little to no insulin on its own. So any carbs I eat, like I, I have to manually take insulin to cover. And if I don't do that, my blood sugar goes high. And if I don't do that for days at a time, I die. So, I mean, that's kind of type one diabetes. And I think that gives me a lot of insight into what supplements and herbs do to insulin needs. You know, I mean, if you take a supplement, you, you can't really feel your body making less insulin or not. But because, you know, mine's on manual, then I should be able to see what happens when I take a supplement or herb that's supposed to decrease insulin needs. Theoretically, you know, any changes that I see that lower the amount of insulin I need in my own body would translate uh, to a normal person as lowering the amount of insulin they produce. And perhaps that means less insulin resistance and, and better metabolism. Now, everyone's different. You know, obviously results will be different, but I think this protocol is going to be fantastic at helping people who are uh, overweight, have insulin resistance, uh, have carbohydrate intolerance, meaning, you know, if they eat carbs, it makes them feel awful and bloated and all that. Uh, and it probably would help most gut-related problems too. The protocol was originally developed by Ken for chronic fatigue syndrome. But like I said, you know, I think it can really help anyone experiencing weight gain and metabolism slowdown, which is it's very common these days, obviously. So I'm going to read the protocol here out loud, but, you know, obviously it might be easier to read. So I'm going to put the original link for the protocol in the show notes. All right, the first thing in the protocol and this is ongoing, so you're supposed to do this throughout the whole protocol, is 200 milligrams a day of the antibiotic minus cycling. It's kind of extreme to take an antibiotic every day for months, uh, especially minus cycling. So I didn't do that. I, I did a variation on this, which I will explain later, but this is the protocol. So after doing that for ongoing through the protocol, there's different weeks that you do different things. So the first week, is you take an herb called harataki. The second week, you take a probiotic called equilibrium. The third week, you take an herb called tulsi, also called holy basil. Week four is align or a 100% bifidobacterium uh, probiotic. So that would be mainly bifidobacterium infantis if you can get it. Week five is neem, that's another herb. Week six is Mutiflor or another E. coli probiotic. 
Week seven is a lactobacillus ruteri. Yeah, ruteri. I don't know how you say that. Uh, And you want to work up to two times the recommended dosage on that. Week eight is you take a break and you review your notes to find out what had the greatest effect and use that for two weeks uh, working your way down kind of the list of effectiveness. And week nine is turmeric, uh, up to 10 capsules per day. And so, so I didn't really read the dosages on all of these. Um, you can check that out on the uh, website. So those are the nine weeks, kind of the first past. You know, you, you do those nine weeks, do those different herbs, Harataki, Equilibrium, Tulsi, Align, Neem, Mutiflor, Lactobacillus, Ruteri, Take a Break, and Turmeric. And after that first pass, you add the following. So you add three uh, different cycles in, which is the first one is NAC and EDTA. Uh, these are biofilm busters. And you should repeat this, you know, every three weeks or so in the cycle. So you're, you're basically doing, you know, these three things one week, and then the next week you're doing something else, and then the next week you're doing something else, and then you go back to the beginning. Um, but biofilms, they're kind of these dome cities of bacteria. You take the, uh, these biofilm busters so that the antibiotics can kind of penetrate those domes. Week two uh, in this second pass is bromelame, natokinase, serapeptase, and lumbrokinase. So these are all enzymes, and they're antibiotic potentiators. So they, they dissolve fibrin, which bacteria often use to kind of make their own little world uh, and shield themselves with. And so these dissolve fibrin, which lets antibiotics penetrate deeper, sometimes up to 10 times greater concentration in the tissue. Some of the studies suggest that just taking these with antibiotics really makes those antibiotics more effective. And then the last week three in this second pass is Boswellia or myrrh. These are anti-inflammatories. Again, bacteria like to use inflammation to kind of keep antibiotics away from themselves. Uh, you want to reduce that inflammation and these two things enable that. So that's pretty much the protocol. There is one little extra bit. If none of the above items really are working well for you, you can also try olive leaf extract for a week, wormwood for a week, and monolaurin. So it looks like that's more anti-parasite. So this is the protocol I did, but I made some changes. Uh, First off, I did not split up the first and second pass. I, I did both at the same time. I figured... I could handle both passes at once, you know, why not? Well, I was kind of wrong about that. It kind of kicked my butt. <laughs> but anyway, second, I, I didn't take minocycline throughout, like I mentioned. I, you know, taking antibiotics for months at a time, it just didn't seem like a smart idea, especially because I don't have full-blown chronic fatigue. You know, maybe if I had chronic fatigue and could barely get out of bed, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to take an antibiotic until I'm out of bed. That That's understandable, but I didn't. What I did is I took three different antibiotic cycles for a week each, spaced a month apart. Um, so I took erythromycin at 200 milligrams per day for one week. I took minocycline at 200 milligrams a day for one week. And then I took azithromycin at 500 milligrams a day for four days, but I took 1,000 milligrams on the first day. And the reason it's only four days on azithromycin is it stays in your system. It has a super long half-life. So four days or three days is actually on it for a week. So here's my results. In December, I was taking 30 units of Traceba per day, which is a long-acting insulin. It's, it's a good gauge of how sensitive your body is to insulin. So I'd take this every single day. As of today, I'm taking 18 to 20 units of Traceba per day. Uh, my insulin needs dropped really quick in January when I started this, and they've kind of stuck around that 18 to 20 units since then. It's, it's July now. 
Um, so to give you some perspective, the last time I took that little insulin, I was a teenager with a teenage metabolism. I mean, so it's kind of amazing. I also lost seven to eight pounds by the end of March and then another four pounds from March to July. I expect to slowly drop weight as time goes on as you know, the less insulin you're on, basically the less fat you retain. Usually, it's not always the case, but in a lot of cases, uh, my weight and my insulin needs kind of go up and down together. Um, some people are different. Some people just, you know, they need more insulin and they stay skinny. And, and But, you know, for me, that's how it works. During this trial, also, I had to consume copious amounts of sugar to keep my blood sugar elevated uh, as I brought those insulin levels down. So you can imagine, you know, I'm taking these high amounts of insulin per day and, and my needs are coming down. I would usually drink like 64 ounces of apple juice a day in addition to my regular diet, uh, which I'll explain in a minute. So any problems like I was having with sugar or anything like that were, were pretty much gone. I mean, that's a lot of apple juice to keep your blood sugar up. It was pretty nuts at the time. Uh, next, I also had a massive increase in energy. Um, I'm walking one and a half hours per day with really no exercise intolerance. I think I've talked about it before, but I, I used to have this exercise intolerance where if I walked too much or did too much exercise, I'd get insomnia. So I didn't have that. That's gone. And lastly, brain power. You know, it seems to have increased on average, although some of the herbs kind of made that worse, but a lot of them helped with thinking and, and that kind of stuff. So it's pretty great. So all in all, really positive effect from my first run through. And I want to talk real quick about some of the herbs and probiotics and some of my reactions to them. So the best antibiotic in there for me was erythromycin. I felt energetic. I slept great. Uh, it was really nice. Minocycline caused insomnia, which was helped by taking Boswellia, but it was still kind of a rough week. Azithromycin caused insomnia as well, but it was not helped by taking Boswellia. So azithromycin was probably the worst for me as far as the antibiotics go. Uh, I found most of the substances and probiotics tolerable with the exception of neem. Uh, neem is the herb I was take, talking about earlier when I was talking about the anxiety and insomnia. The problem with neem is after I stopped taking it, I did not get over the anxiety and insomnia. It just it just stuck around. I, I freaking hate this stuff. Thankfully, I was able to find a solution with the microbiome test with the cranberry and the slippery elm. But for like a week and a half, I was going a little crazy. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm never taking neem again. The other cool reactions I had were to the bifidobacteria. I took the one by Jaro. Uh, I had such a great brain boost from that. I, I don't even remember... Um, taking something that worked so fast and my mind just like felt like it was on fire. So, I mean, it was really great stuff. Uh, Harataki, the herb, it gave me really odd mental effects. I felt like, I felt like I was a teenager to be honest. And it was like summertime or something, you know, it, it was almost like I got transported back into that phase of kind of relaxed hopefulness. I don't know. It was really, it was really crazy. I would lay in bed. My whole body would kind of feel really heavy and I would just feel like this, summer vacation feeling. It was just a really trippy herb. Uh, Tulsi, uh, that's holy basil. That was interesting. It kind of made my muscles pump up a little bit and lowered my emotions. I, I felt very uh, disciplined and cool-headed. So that stuff was interesting. Actually, one of the things I noticed throughout the protocol is how when I first started taking anything, 
I felt bad for the first couple of days. I, I felt anxious, emotional, uh, often tired. And Ken, he calls this the Herx reaction. And it's when your gut flora is changing and some of the bugs are uh, dying off. Now, after that first couple of days, I would feel better. I'd have more energy. So it was kind of like, you know, when I switched to something new, you know, I would kind of get all down and, and feel crappy for a day or two. And then I would feel better. So it was, I don't know, in some ways it was really cathartic. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think this pattern, I think it's really important. Uh, and if it's not there when you're going through the protocol, I don't think it's actually working. Uh, with these herbs or probiotics, I want to see some kind of die-off symptoms just to let me know that the bad bugs are dying. Now, the one exception to this rule, it was neem. Neem did the opposite. It felt good the first few days, and slowly it just became a nightmare the longer I took it. It's freaking neem, man. So I, I really think this pattern, this Herx reaction, is a crucial part of this protocol. Uh, I actually did a large post on repeat forums. If you want to know more about, you know, these reactions I had, uh, more details and stuff on my experience, I'll put that link from the repeat forum in the show notes if you want to read it. There are some co-founding factors. You know, I changed my diet up a little bit. Like I mentioned, I stopped eating as much meat um, at the same time as doing this protocol. So some of my results may be from that. I mean, there, there are confounding factors, but I think the protocol was the main uh, change that gave me these benefits. So in conclusion, it was, it was kind of rocky at times, especially with the insomnia, uh, but I consider it, I, I think it's a massive success. Uh, if I do the protocol again, I would definitely change some things. Um, first, I, you know, I'd probably change the antibiotics I took. I think the antibiotics were crucial in bringing down the amount of insulin I need. In fact, I think maybe the whole protocol hinges on the antibiotics. And if you take those out, you just, you're just not going to get the results. Um, and the reason I think this is after the first run through, you know, after I was finished, I was like, man, this was just such a great protocol. I wanted to start right back on the protocol again in April. So I did. I started right back at the beginning with Harataki, which was the first week. But I left out the antibiotics. I, I just, I really didn't want the insomnia. I didn't want the risk. I thought, you know, I, I just, I'll try the protocol without the antibiotics. Um, and as I continued, you know, I switched to the next probiotic, then Tulsi, and I, I just wasn't noticing the energy boost and other benefits I had the first time around. Uh, in fact, the brain boost from the bifido when I got to that, it just wasn't, wasn't there. Um, the, the weird dreams from Harataki, those didn't occur. Uh, the Herx reactions, I wasn't getting that. So I really think the antibiotics are, are probably a crucial, important thing to making this whole thing work. Um, now, the risks associated with those antibiotics aren't great. So it's a decision you have to make, I guess. So far, um, the results are sticking, though. Uh, my insulin needs have not skyrocketed higher, which is actually something, you know, I'd experience at times in the past. I would uh, take a hormone or, you know, something else that would supposedly be good for insulin resistance. Uh, my insulin needs would go down just as predicted. So, hey, it's working. But then when I went off the hormone or whatever, it, they would just come right back up. So, you know, it was kind of like, well, if you're on it, it works. But if you're not, then it doesn't work. As it stands, you know, after a few months of being off the protocol, my insulin needs are stable. So, I mean, that tells me that changing the microbiome is a more permanent solution than hormones and other things. You know, it can actually stick, uh, which is exactly what Ken has said and what other people have reported. Now, one thing I do want to say is 
this protocol probably seems a bit extreme, you know, especially with the antibiotics. Uh, I've had symptoms of chronic fatigue in the past, so I felt comfortable doing something like this. Uh, plus, I do have a lot of experience with experimentation, and that just gives me the confidence that I can kind of avoid pitfalls and, and get myself out of trouble if things go sideways. And actually, for this reason, I skipped the NAC and the EDTA, uh, which I considered a little too risky. So if you're going to do this, you know, all the disclaimers about you being on your own and, you know, being out in the wilderness, they apply for sure. Anyway, uh, you know, thanks for listening to this short episode. Uh, I hope you liked it. If you do have any questions about this protocol, feel free to shoot me an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com. Be happy to answer any questions. I, I really liked it. I think it was a great protocol, and I think it can help big time with insulin resistance and, and getting your gut into better shape, especially if you combine it with the, the uh, gut testing you know, the microflora testing, which was just such a cool thing because you do actually see things change over time in your gut. However, I will say since being off the protocol, the last two tests for my microbiome haven't really changed much. much. It's, it's amazing how stable your microbiome is. And, you know, just because you're eating different things, it doesn't like all of a sudden, you know, shift really majorly in one direction. It is a pretty stable thing. Um, since I got off this uh, protocol. So, I mean, that's just kind of goes back to it being a more permanent solution than maybe some of these hormones or other things that people are, are testing out. So anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys. Talk to you soon.